I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Father, thank you that in this day, in this time, I get a chance to give you all of my life. Not a partial, not a piece, but all of me. Continue to progressively grow me and prepare me for the great work that you have called me to do. Father, I pray right now that your dear sweet spirit will give me the spirit of discernment, wisdom, that you would open the eyes of our hearts and allow us to see you clearly. Father, we thank you right now in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus that you move me out of the way and let your perfect word now go forward. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I surrender all. Well, brothers and sisters, it's a joy to be back with you again this week. I, uh, I you know, I get moved. Brother Kevin is just tremendous in his delivery of a message. <laughs> It's a song we've heard many times, but uh, today uh, it's pretty powerful. I surrender all. You know, it comes down to those real moments in time that you make a decision. You know what, Lord? I want you to have all of me. And what parts of me I'm not readily relinquishing control of, will you please prune me, Lord? Cut back on that. That would allow me to make sure that I give you all of me. Because I understand giving you all of me means that you get all of me and live through all of me. Thus creating and increasing my world. (laughs) I'm thankful for that. And I pray God that we will continue this progressive growth. You know, brothers and sisters, we've been doing a series entitled All of Christ in All of Me. And I pray God that it's been beneficial to you. So we're going to continue this week with one we call (laughs) God's DNA. You know... Genetically, all of us go back to Adam and Eve. Genetically. Well, because all of us go back to Adam and Eve genetically, God had to enter a sacrifice into the world in a different way than man creating a child. So this is where God planned through the Holy Spirit to impregnate Mary. Why? Because the genetics had to come from a different source. For the sacrifice to be a perfect sacrifice, it couldn't come from the lineage of sinners. It had to come from something that was not contaminated with sin. Therein lies the Holy Spirit impregnating Mary. 
So there's a new DNA that comes into the world, a new genetic concept that comes in that's spiritual, that allows us when we accept Jesus to be born again. Or as the t-shirt says, made new. We are born from this old sinner life into this brand new life. So we go from our old DNA to a new DNA that comes from, not from Adam, but from God. Are y'all following me today? So as this new or this godly DNA grows in us, it gives us a different spiritual structure. We have the same physical body, but now we have a brand new spirit within us. So we have this new spiritual structure by which we can build a new life on that we can be actually made new. So it's important for us to understand that we have this new DNA operating in us. But here's the kicker. We have to be prepared to let the operation of this new DNA operate in us because you have free will. So with that in mind, hopefully this kind of lays the groundwork. Let me read you a little quick paragraph that we're going to kind of try to unfold today. It says it was God's plan that by Christ living in us, we would experience his life while we are living ours. I love this part. (laughs) We are to experience his life while we are living ours. He didn't want you to stop living. He wanted you to start living. He didn't want you to stop living. He wanted you to start living, start living a brand new life, start living a life that is built on the rock instead of sand. So in this is where our new DNA comes from, this spiritual structure that cannot be defeated, that is eternal. That's what's living in us. All we have to do is release its power to live through us. Are y'all ready to have some fun today? I pray God that you are. Let's talk a little bit about this DNA, God's DNA living in us. We're going to go to a verse in Colossians. And again, I try my best to use different biblical translations to, you know, to give us a deeper insight into what the word of God says. This particular one is from the Amplified Translation. And we're going to begin to read in Colossians chapter 2. Are you ready to rock and roll, folk? I pray God you are. You got your notebooks ready? You've called some folks and said, hey, uh, Tuesday church is on. And, and just before I start, I just want you to know, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to say it again. Right now, the vaccines are going out. People are getting vaccinated. Some got their second shots already. That's a beautiful thing. We will overcome this situation and we will return to in-person services. But I need you to know something today. Church will never be the same. See, because this building is not the church. And if we ever found anything out because of this particular incident is that the church, it had to learn to exist outside the building. The church had to learn to be the real church. We, for a long period of time, had gotten somewhat confused thinking that the church was on the corner of walk and don't walk. No, church is not there. (laughs) The church is us. We are the church. And because of this particular situation, we had to learn how to be the church outside of the building. So even when we come back to in-person services, I want you to know the church will come to the building and be together. And then the church will leave the building to go out and be the church in society. Everybody got that? 
We'll never let that go because we'll never go back to how things were before. Okay? Praise the Lord. That was free. That wasn't part of the sermon today, but it might be before, <laughs> before I get finished. But right now, that's free. Again, we're in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to begin to read at verse number 8, I believe. Yes, in the Amplified Translation. Listen closely. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble, according to the tradition and musings of mere men, following the elementary principles of this world, rather than following the truth, the teachings of Christ. So we have these two distinctively different thought patterns. There's the teachings of Christ, and then there's the philosophies of the world. Now, it would be Christ's desire that we follow his teachings completely. It will be Satan and the world's desire that they muddy that water so we can't tell the difference. So Satan will relabel the work of Christ in a way that we think we're doing Christ's work when we are actually fulfilling hate, division, strife, hurt. Are y'all following me? Satan's job is to be insidious. That's why he's symbolized as the snake. Snakes lie and wait in places that people don't expect them. And then they bite and they put their poison into your body and make your bloodstream transport their poison through your body. Satan is the same way. He will just bite enough to put his poison in you and then have your thought pattern, have your desires transport that through your whole system, your mindset. Are y'all following me today? Okay, so listen closely. There's these two distinctive ones, what the world philosophy is and what Christ's teachings are. Let's read on. It says, for in him, all the fullness of deity, the Godhead, Godhead dwell in bodily form. Completely expressing the divine essence of God. And in him, you have been made complete. <laughs> Achieving spiritual stature through Christ. So your new DNA, your God DNA, has it's, input, it's inputted into you. It's in you. When you accept Jesus Christ, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you become a brand new creation. So you sever Adam's DNA in the sense spiritually, and you accept the new God, the new God DNA of Christ. So it's in you. Let's read that one more time. And in him, you have been made complete, achieving spiritual stature through Christ. And he is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Now, if he's above all these things, guess where you are? Yes, you are. And see, again, once you believe where you are, you can confess where you are. That makes a huge difference in your life. But let me read on. It says, in him, in who? In Christ. You were also circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. That's pretty powerful scripture there, isn't it? Because... The only circumcisions we know are ones made with man's hands, right? Well, there's a new kind. It's a spiritual circumcision. It's, it's, we've been cut off. The excess has been cut away 
spiritually we have a new kind of circumcision but let's read it it says with the circumcision not made with hands but by the spiritual circumcision of christ in the stripping off of the body of the flesh the sinful cardinal nature so this circumcision cuts off the power of our selfishness to rule us Our selfishness can still be there, but it no longer has the power to rule us because circumcision has stripped it. It has cut it off. So it no longer has the power. So you don't have to be led by your sinful nature. You don't have to be led by your fleshly desires. You can now be led by Christ and the Holy Spirit. Are y'all following me today? You see the new DNA, you see the actual, the actual being made new. You now have this new avenue you can travel because everything has been done to create this for you. It's already there. It says, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised Christ from the dead. You're resurrected a brand new person. You're resurrected with this God's DNA. So let's just kind of kick that can down the road a little bit. You have God's DNA. Now I, my family, my grandmother, my grandfather, and then my aunts and uncles and my mama, we all... You know, we come from the Brays, the Bray clan, (laughs) they call us. So I have that physical DNA in me. We are big, strong, thick, handsome, beautiful people. Yeah, that's what I said. That's exactly what I am. But again, genetically. But my grandmother didn't want it to lean leave there or in there. She wanted to make sure that God's DNA was in all of us. So there was a requirement in our home that God came first. On Sundays, you couldn't eat unless you went to church. You had to go to church. Are are y'all understanding me? There's these two different DNAs. She wanted, regardless of what we look like physically, that we all look like her and my granddaddy and my aunts and uncles, she wanted us to look like Christ. She wanted to make sure that that godly DNA was reigning in us. Let me finish reading. Hopefully this makes sense to you. It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your worldliness, your manner of life, God made you alive mm, together with Christ, having freely forgiven us all our sins. So he couldn't just make us alive. He had to forgive us all of our sins because it would be like I bring somebody to life and whatever killed them the first time will kill them again. Are you understanding? It's the same thing when he, um, uh, Lazarus, when he came to, to the grave of Lazarus and he raised Lazarus. Whatever killed Lazarus the first time, Christ had to heal that when he brought Lazarus back to life or Lazarus would have died again. The completion, the, the completion of what God has done for us. When Jesus died for our sins, the wages of sin is death. 
So if he didn't pay for our sins, if we were raised again, we'd just die again because the wages for our sins was death. But it says the gift of God is eternal life. So Jesus, when he died for us, took us out of the worldly DNA and put us into a godly DNA. But then he made sure we were protected because our sins are paid for for forever. Somebody say amen. Does that make sense to you? So you are now living a life that you cannot die again. The old preacher said, if you are born once, you're going to die twice. But if you are born twice, you will never die. Why? Because we are born physically in the DNA of Adam. But now we are born spiritually in the DNA of God. And with that comes a protection. Jesus paid for our sins so death can no longer touch us. Man, I don't know about you. That's good news. So we don't live in fear. We can live freely. We can live boldly. We can go be representatives of God because we have this new godly DNA. Almost there. Almost there. Hopefully this is working for you. Verse 14, it says, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands, which were in force against us and which were hostile to us. So he canceled the debt. Whatever we owed God, Jesus paid. And this certificate, he has set aside and removed by nailing it to the cross. I don't know about you, but this is dancing stuff. The debt, the certificate of us owing the world something or owing God something was nailed to the cross. So when it died, the debt died. When it died, when Christ died, everything we owed, God in that context died. So then we accept Jesus Christ. We go and get, we make the confession with our mouths and believes in our hearts. We automatically, at that moment that we do that confession, become a brand new creation. Then we get baptized that gives us a physical outward expression of what took place inwardly. So when you're in the water... We put you under the water, which is a symbol of being buried. Then when we bring you up out of the water is a symbol of being resurrected. So buried, the old you is dead. Adam Adam and that DNA, that, excuse me, DNA is cut off. Resurrected, brand new creation. God's DNA through the Holy Spirit now lives in you. Your debt paid for. You owe God nothing. And he set you free to serve him. Is this making sense? See, this should make you dance. This should make you want to go, you know what, Lord, I'm done. The world don't owe me. The world doesn't own me anymore. It has no power to cause fear and trepidation in me anymore because you have paid that debt. I can go forward now serving you. Let's finish reading this. It says, when he had disarmed, I love this part, the rulers and authorities. Those supernatural forces of evil, evil operating against us. So he sends you into the battle to face a defeated foe. <laughs> he sends you into the battle to face a defeated foe. How do we know this is true? He gives us biblical stories. Whenever David arrived to the battlefield, 
and the giant was there and the Philistines were there. They tried to give him put on this armor, put on the armor of Saul. He didn't do that. He couldn't do that. It wouldn't have fit him anyway. But he said, (laughs) I'm going to kill you, giant. I'm going to cut your head off. We're going to feed it to the buzzers. I'm paraphrasing. But why would he say that? Because he seen spiritually the power of God. He knew he wasn't speaking from him. He was speaking from the power of God. So I need you to begin to live your life that way. Fear, anger, strife are no longer your kings. They're no longer your authorities. They have been disarmed in your life. They have been cut off. Those rulers of evil no longer have the power to dictate your daily walk. Why? Because you have a a new DNA. You're not the same person. You're a brand new person. But you got to live it. You got to enjoy the fact that fear. No, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be afraid of that anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. Hate. I'm not going to hate people because that has no, that has no long-term ability. It's just stupid. Let me finish this. He made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumph, triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through what? The cross. So the cross sealed the fate of that old DNA. And at the same time, on the other side of the resurrection, it opened up the gate to a godly DNA. Is this making sense to you today? Okay, let's go to another verse. This will help us. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. This is in the message translation. I don't know about y'all. I'm having fun. I love this stuff. Everything that goes into a life, this is the message, of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. I need you to hear this. (laughs) Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know. By getting to know. By getting to know. Meaning that the stuff that was needed was already there. Everything that we need for life is in Christ. So the more we learn about Christ, the more power we have because it will reveal to us what is ours. It will reveal to us what our new godly DNA is, what our power and our authority is. But that's by learning more about what Christ did for us from the cross to the resurrection to the fact that he's sitting on the right hand of God right now to the fact that he'll come back one day. All of these are benefits All of these are things that should encourage us to let all of him live in all of me. Almost there. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God after you've turned your back on a world corrupted by lust 
Jesus says, I'm not just going to resurrect you. I'm going to give you motivational tickets. I'm going to give you something that motivates you to live this life without any reservations, without any recompenses. I want you to live the glory of God. I want you to live out your life. If you're going to be made new, then live new. If you're going to be a brand new creation, then live as a brand new creation. Again, how does Satan want to interrupt this? He wants to flood your eyesight with fear. He wants you to flood your eyesight with doubt. He wants you to think, oh, this is coming to an end. That's happening. This is stop it. Everything that God has done, he has disarmed the enemy that used to be able to have power over you. You are triumphant. Why? Because he is triumphant. You say, Pastor Ben, I don't feel like it. Don't go by your feelings. Go by the truth. Our feelings are pretty dumb. All they do is follow thinking. That's what they're supposed to do. But they're not supposed to lead us. The word of God leads us. So follow the truth. And the truth says you have everything. You have everything. So don't lose a minute and building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with what? Good character. Spiritual understanding. Alert discipline. Passionate patience. Reverent wonder. Warm friendliness. And generous to love. Each dimension fitting into and developing into excuse me, developing the others with these qualities active and growing in your lives. No grass will grow under your feet. So he says, I resurrected you a brand new creation. Now I'm going to give you the tools to build your life on these promises, these attributes, build your life on these. And as you do, the world can't get you, man. The world, it's going to come after you because he said, Lord, I'm coming to be with you, but I have to leave my children in this world. Again, I'm paraphrasing. He says, but I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want them to know that they're in the world, but not of the world. Lord, I want you to protect them as they're in the world. Why? We are in the world to convert the world. We're not in the world to be converted by it. We are here to convert the world to Christ, to know and understand intimately what he has done for us. We are the change agent that he put into the world. We are the new godly DNA that is present. When he sent Adam, he extended his kingdom into the earth. Adam failed at it. He sent Noah and Noah's children. It has now come to us. We are the ancestry pool of this godly DNA. And it's up to us to change the world and don't let the world change you. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Obvious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends... Confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. 
do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing, the streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to resurrect you and then I'm going to create a world. I'm going to create a kingdom that you can live in while you're in the world. So the things of the world will no longer affect you as you live in the kingdom. But I will give you the power, the ability to turn around and affect the world from the kingdom. Because what's in the world will never overcome the kingdom. What's in the world will never defeat the kingdom. When you accept him, you come from the world into the kingdom. You go from the worldly DNA to godly DNA. One more verse. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, Amplified Translation. We're going to begin to read it, verse number 1. Hopefully this is benefiting you today. So I, Paul speaking, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits Godly character and moral courage. Are we able to do that now? Yes, because the world's ability to infect us has been cut off. Personal integrity and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. Not to get salvation, but for the salvation that you have. I want to have more integrity. I want to live a better life. I want to be warm and friendly. I want to do those things because I am saved. I'm not trying to do those things to get saved. Because if I'm doing them to get saved, then I've nullified Christ's death on the cross. Is anybody hearing me today? Don't nullify his death on the cross. Let his death be exactly what it was supposed to be. It says, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love, make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. I need us to grasp this. See, we can do all of these things. We can work together for the glory of God because the turmoil that is in the world that is produced by selfishness, which uh, does not allow people to work together, no matter what the common good is for others, these people who are driven by selfishness will never reach that because they're too busy trying to make themselves important. They're too busy trying to carve out a self-environment. We have been set free from that so we can work together in the body of Christ for the good of people. Because we don't have to try to show out. Listen, God loves me like he loves you. Therefore, I don't need to put you down so I feel closer to God. I can be no closer to God because the blood of Jesus Christ has opened that door. 
And there is no greater sacrifice for us. So as the body of Christ, as this new godly DNA, we can work together once we get the world out of our minds. And we develop this moral integrity. As the other verse said last week, have that authentic humility. Authentic humility. Be authentic. Be real. And we can make this thing work. Almost there. It says there is one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all. Who is sovereign over all and worketh through all and living in all. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant Gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he bestowed gifts on men. If we were Lazarus, Jesus arrives on the scene and Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, who were a bit perturbed with Christ because they felt he came too late to save their brother. And Jesus knew that when I resurrect this man, I must take care of the sickness that killed him or else he just die again. So when God's plan is unfolded for you and I, When we become made new, when we accept him, he had to kill off the disease that killed us in the first place, which was sin. And then when he resurrected us, he says, now you are free to go build your life on these biblical moral characters, these attributes. You're free to build these things Into your life. I need y'all to get this today. Hate is not a moral character. Hate is a fruit of evil, of the sinful nature. So don't tell me that you hate people and love them at the same time. You can hate what they do, but you can't hate them. We've been set free from that. We've been set free to have the patience to deal with people no matter where they are because somebody understood that with Christ and had patience to deal with us. See, you just didn't come out of the womb hollering, yes, Jesus. No, you grew up as a sinner. You grew up in the 
Adam DNA. And somewhere along the line, somebody prayed for you. Somebody showed patience to you. Somebody led you through this process that you would be able to see the power of the cross. You'd be able to see the glow of Christ. And because of that, you now have a brand new life. So we cannot kick dust in the face of the people that are still left behind. Our job is to bring them to the cross. Because you have a new DNA. Are you glad to be a child of God? Part of that joy comes from the fact that you now have the power to bring people from darkness into light. What a great joy that is. Are you ready? Isn't this fun? Well, I don't, I don't want to bring those people in the, into, I don't, uh, that's not where you get a chance to do this. <laughs> We're almost there. Um, yeah, we'll do the last one. Second Peter, second Peter, and then we'll close it off with this. This is the, uh, the ending part. This is the amplified translation. Verse 17, second Peter, uh, chapter three, verse 17. It says, therefore, now all the stuff that we talked about today, all the things that we put together, it says, therefore, let me warn you, beloved, <laughs> knowing these things beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men who distort doctrine. If you don't know what doctrine is, if you don't know who it is that lives in you, if you don't know who Christ is, then you can never be able to distinguish this particular battle or this particular situation. People distort doctrine for selfishness. If somebody wants to be important, they'll want you to look at them instead of Christ. Therefore, for that doctrine to have any kind of long existing life, they're going to have to distort doctrine because Jesus himself gave up equality to God to become a lowly servant. If this person that you're listening to was not a lowly servant, then there's probably going to be some distorting going on down the road because they can't let you look at what they're really doing. They got to keep your mind on what something else. I know this may sound a little hard, but it's important that we get this. The world needs Jesus, not a watered down version of Jesus, not a super yeast added thing to Jesus. It needs Jesus. So be man or woman enough to die to you and let Christ be everything in you and then be everything through you. He knows how to live his life. You can't add anything to Jesus. Anything you add takes away from him. Let Christ be Christ and he'll live his life through us. Because can you do this now? Yes, because you have a new DNA. Almost there. And fall from your own steadfastness of mind, knowledge, truth, and faith. Verse 18. But grow. Everybody say grow. But grow spiritually mature in the grace, the unmerited favor of knowing that God did this for us, even though we didn't deserve it. But grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, some of us 
know more about our denominations than we do about Jesus. Some of us know more about our church history, our physical church building church history than we do about Jesus. Some of us know more about our friendships at our gatherings than we do about Jesus. Some of us know more about our political ideologies than we do about Jesus. Some of us know more about our philosophies than we do about Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, that's not going to work. You need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because when you grow in the knowledge of Christ, you'll be able to tell the difference between what you hear, whether it is true or whether it is a self-interest generated lie. Even Satan use the name of God. So just because somebody say God doesn't mean a thing. Satan tempted Jesus. <laughs> knowing who he was to get him to change. What his motivation was and why he was here. You think he stopped after Jesus and stopped doing it to you? No, same thing. But my job today is to make sure you understand he's been disarmed. <laughs> All his power has been taken. All of his authority has been taken from him. And you have the freedom to resist him and he must flee. So resist the lie. Resist that thing that wants you to fear. Resist that thing that wants you to hate. Resist that thing that wants you to divide. Resist that. And let the truth of God grow in you. Last verse. It says, but grow spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, honor, majesty, splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, let me tell you this. As we close out this thing, this DNA that you have. Cannot be diluted. It cannot be drained of its power. It will have power whether you realize it or not. So you can't take power away from it. You can't drain it of its authority. You can't change it at all. All you can do is not live up to its power, not live up to its authority. And you will come up short. But you're doing it because you make up your mind to do it. Not because you have not been set free. You have a new DNA. You are no longer a child of Adam. You are now a child of God. Because a new DNA came into the world and you were born again of that new DNA. Be bold, brothers and sisters. Let's go live this thing. All right. Let's live like bold people who have an eternal power, an eternal DNA to represent God in the earth. Looking forward to seeing you next week. I'm excited about this particular series. We got a couple more segments to go, but I pray God this is benefiting you. You know, fight that good fight of faith. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week.